Good evening everyone and welcome to the divisional coverage of the Thursday Night Podcast. Joining me in the booth as usual is the one and only Bradley Lister. How are you my man? I'm all good, how are yourself Ryan? Oh you know me mate, I'm living the dream as always. It's another week which means it's another NFL podcast, another hour with me and Brad in the booth. What more could you ask for? Been an interesting, interesting set of games. Eight teams left. We've got Jacksonville, the Chiefs, the Giants, the Eagles, the Bengals, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. The last eight teams in there. Uh, and we'll dive straight in with the first game from Saturday night, which, um, before we go into a pre- preview week, I got all four games right. Should have put a bet on it. Never mind. Kind of a thing. Uh, but we'll dive in. Jacksonville, unfortunately, are out. Uh, but to be honest, I think getting to the divisional round of the playoffs after the last two or three seasons, um, especially, I, th- I mean, you definitely take it. Positive records, then, you know, getting yourself so far forward. They played relatively well um, in the game. But then halfway through the game, it was in the second quarter, Mahomes took a really big knock. Um, and his ankle, he was actually brought off and he didn't play the rest of the second quarter um, and he didn't really look up to speed in in the third I think he was going easy um, and I, for, me, for me, I think the Jags didn't play poorly but I think that they really should have capitalised on, on the chances if you've got Patrick Mahomes out on the offence you can put so much defensive pressure on that pocket get the ball, maybe even turn over a downs or even just force the punts uh, and probably could have had more chance at probably scoring points, Brad. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. I think, for me, when I look at it, and obviously we were talking before we started recording, like, do you think it was just levels that was the difference? Like, the D-line for Kansas is always known to be relatively strong. And then obviously without Mahomes, they don't have the same firepower. But do Jacksonville have... The offensive firepower to over overcome that D line of Kansas City, if that makes any sense. Uh, being totally honest, I don't. I don't think offensively wise, Jacksonville had enough anyway. Yeah. Um, and obviously their D line is strong. But the one thing I will, the one one player I will shout out from for Kansas uh, that really really impressed me, especially when Mahomes was off the pitch, Isaiah Pacheco. He was absolutely fantastic. He really, really was. He was spurring the team on. He was pushing them on. He was making runs. He was causing headaches. He had a really, really solid evening in, in KC. Really did. He was fantastic. Yeah. I, I thought he was the, the shining light, to be honest with you. Yeah. He looked he, was really he looked really good. Sure. And I think he gets overshadowed because I think you've got McKinnon who take probably more of the glory than Pacheco does, but obviously they've got so much talent, haven't they, where someone like him has a great game in a really important match-up and, it, and teams are put on notice like, oh shit, we've got to look out for Pacheco and McKinnon and the rest of the, the guys. So I think, as you rightfully said, he definitely deserves a shout-out because he was, he was 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean, normally you, you you look at these stats, you look at the actual breakdown of stats for uh, for Casey, hundred ninety five yards of Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he missed a big chunk of the game. Um, the top rushing yards leader was Isaiah Pacheco with ninety five. After that, it drops to twenty five. Wow. Um, no receiving player got over a hundred yards. Travis Kelsey got ninety eight from fourteen receptions. After that, it's Kadarius Tony with five receptions for 36. So they're not impressive stats, but once you lose your big quarterback and you're bringing in a guy who hasn't played a snap all season, your yardage and your stats are going to take a bit of a hit. I mean, yeah, course, yeah. they matched each other with 144 rushing yards each. There was only 13 yards, total yards difference between Casey and Jacksonville. I think it's, I mean, third down efficiency, 3% difference. But then there's uh, there's nearly there's 10 minutes and 2 seconds difference on possession in favour of KC. And Massive. That, that's what I'm saying. If you had the chance to force those extra extra opportunities of having the ball whilst Mars Mahomes is out, 
We could have maximised their chances just to even get them somewhere near. But I, I, I think I, I would not. I would not discredit anything from from the game for for Jacksonville and anything from their season. I think they've been fantastic. I think you missed something off there, didn't you, Ryan? What? A key yeah. bit of uh, analysis. Nah, nothing to miss out, mate. We'll just move nah, on. Nah, you did. Nah, yeah, we'll you just, did. We'll just move on. Because it was a third player on receiving. Nah. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster. Nah, 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 nah. Valdez Scantlin. Valdez Scantlin with a touchdown. Yeah, no, fair, fair play. Yeah, none of this Juju, none of this Juju stuff. Go away from me. Just unbelievable. So, like you say, the Jags, the Jags did themselves proud, but I think they'll be a bit disappointed. And I know when you look at it, when you say it like that, before before we did our last show, I was like, oh come on, there's no chance. But I was like, obviously, I predicted them to win. Because I was like, right, this this could be the upset. I think looking at all the games, this was probably the most likely. Yeah. Um, but I think they'll be disappointed just because of how much form Trevor Lawrence was hitting. Like, unbelievable form. But I think the need to add to the offensive line for sure. Because I think it it's, like you're saying, big games. It's not where it needs to be. They've got some good talent, don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's up there with the rest of the teams who progressed or even played played in the last round. I don't know if you agree with that. Or disagree? Uh, I, I agree. I, I would I would agree to a certain extent. Yeah. Question. Mm-hmm. Well, question I think, question yeah. is: is, yeah, this, yeah. is, to, is, is to move? Yeah. yeah. Is next season for Jacksonville going to be further progression, or do you think they'll? Sort of plateau now for a couple of seasons whilst they sort other bits and pieces out. Um, we know KC next year are going to be pretty much the same. I'd be very surprised I if think, they weren't. So it's more the focus on where Jacksonville go next season. I think they need more consistency in regular season to be able to make a full prediction. I don't know. But I think if they sort out, they're getting beat by, no disrespect to like Indianapolis and Cleveland and teams like that have a stronger record have more momentum more consistency I think they could probably go one step further you know next season and go to conference but that just depends on the off season I think oh well that's interesting insight because we know Brad is a big uh, a big Jacks fan um, at least at least, he, at least he likes a team that's got a positive record this season <laughs> yeah for sure massive positive <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll move into the next game, and and you said that Kansas was probably one of the more predictable games. I think this was the biggest predictable game. Philadelphia Eagles absolutely demolished the Giants, uh, and there was none of this. They're on the beach. They're going to rest players. Four hundred and sixteen total yards to two hundred and twenty-seven. Just, just they just didn't look in it at all. 38 points to 7 in a playoff game. I mean, yeah, you're playing the Eagles, but you, you, could, you could have some identity. You could have a bit about you. You know, I mean, Jalen yeah. Hurts, 154 yards, two touchdowns and 16 passes. You know, and then you know, 150 yards on the on the pass. Then you know, Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell, 112 yards on the rush. Miles Sanders, 90 yards rush. Jalen Hurts, 34 yards. They were they were all over them. They really, really were in that game. Yeah, I think I was more. I was. I'm gonna give shout outs, but not for the right reasons here. <laughs> um, and see see if you agree with me or not. So Daniel Jones is one of them. Saquon Barkley is one of them. Uh-huh. And um, it was Daniel Bellinger as well. Um. Really, put, like the game before. The, the reason I've highlighted them players is because they were unreal. The, the game before, and I look and I looked at it and I thought, Do you know what? Maybe they won't beat the Eagles, but they'll push them close. And I think yes, you've got to look at it compared to previous seasons where the Giants have been the whipping boys. Let's be honest, no disrespect there intended, but to be in the position they were in, and I know you're playing Philly, who've been really good this season. 
But come on. Like, you said, have something about you. Have, have some bloody minerals, man. Like, the quarterback was diabolical. Like, abs- and, and our, we were singing his praises a week ago because yeah, he was unreal. It's one of the so worst how do you performances go? I've seen from Daniel Jones. <laughs> it was really, go, really poor. How do you go from being 10 out of 10 to 2 out of 10? It doesn't make any sense. I think two's being like, generous, to be totally honest. Yeah, well, awful. that's the thing, isn't it? And and I thought Saquon Barkley, I, I, was, I was disappointed because I thought... It's not really. It probably wasn't just on him, but I think they didn't use him in the correct manner. I think, like the, I think the play, me, the, it, the play calling was strange. It was. A, I think it was a mixture between the play calls weren't right for Sakon Barkley, but I also think that yeah. the fact that there was at times in the game where he was trying too hard and he was making it yeah. worse. And I, I think I think yeah. that's what really really helped uh, helped Philadelphia. They just knew there was too much effort being in. They didn't have to, you know, stress out about the situation of the game. You know, they could sort of just relax and just let the game come to them, which happened, and, and that allowed them to to basically just just cruise to a um, to a first round by second round demolishing, and then into this straight into the ch- uh, conference championship playoff. Yeah. So where where did the Giants go then? So. For, from here, we'll look at the we we'll look at the eliminated teams from these four games. So yeah, they've got a positive record. They're not really so much whipping boys. They're showing that they can play. They've got Sakon Barkley. You know, they've they've got Daniel Jones. Whether Daniel Jones stays is a different story. You know, I mean, but they've got other good options. Richie James for me, I think is fantastic for them. I enjoy watching him play. Um, but could, could you see the Giants making the playoffs again next season? Or do you think it's just on the back um, of some of the big teams falling out of the way? I, it, this, it's scenario-based, this, isn't it? So when you look at it, if I'm looking at teams who this season haven't really been at it yeah, and they even show a little bit of form next season, I've, I could categorically say right now, that the Giants will not be in the postseason next season at all. I just, unless they have some unbelievable trades or, you know, the free up something on the salary cap or whatever I mean, to you, bring in a star. I mean, you look at the teams in the com in the Giants. Uh, sorry, in the Giants conference or in the NFC. So you look at some of the teams there that were in the playoffs the year before that aren't now. You got the Rams. The Cardinals, yeah. the Saints, the Packers, all those four teams, they come out fighting next year, they'll knock the Giants back down. I reckon the last two you said would definitely be ahead of them next season, that being Green Bay and the Saints. Saints. What do you think? Where do you think they go from, from here for next season? Is it a po- It's a positive season in my opinion, I think you'd agree with me. But I think... Apart from the London going game, forward, where they're at, they're in, they're in a, between a rock and a hard place, aren't they? Really? Yeah, I think I think the key thing they need to do really is get their plan set up for next season as quick as can. And the first thing they need to decide is: Are they keeping Daniel Jones or not? That is the that is the thing they need to decide now. Bef- probably uh, they want to make that set probably before the Super Bowl, so then they can get ready to prepare off season and have a good strategy moving forward. If they've locked yeah. that position in, then they can focus on the other areas. As soon as you start chopping and changing your quarterback and you don't really have anybody else lined up, you could be in a problem. So you look at some of the other teams around, you know, around. so even like the Raiders are looking at, at Rodgers. You know, the, the Jets are looking at Rodgers. There's other teams looking at quarterbacks already. So teams are already starting to make moves in that market. I think defensively is where they really need to sure up. They've got a great set of offensive weapons... Just whether, you know, whether Daniel Jones is there, but it it look it said it's it looks like that the general manager for the Giants is, is leaning towards keeping him. So for me, yeah. I think if if adequate defensive things come in, it's going to be close. I think they'll be in the hunt. I don't think it'll be as clear as getting a fourth or fifth seed like they have so far. Um. But yeah, as I say, it, it is it is very very much based on how other teams how other teams perform. And, you know, especially if you know. I mean, to be fair, you're looking at yeah. I mean, Washington Washington were just narrowly behind them. 
they come up playing well again next season. You've got Green Bay, you've got the Saints. You know, I mean, yeah, the Cardinals and the Rams. Two teams you shouldn't really sleep on. And then you've got to... Then, yeah. you, then, then, you, then you come up against the teams in that area of the playoffs anyway from, from this season. So the Seahawks, the Lions, all these teams are going to be in the hunt here. You know, so yeah, I think it's definitely conditional, uh, but we'll see. Um, so we'll jump into the third game of the weekend. Um, and I, you, you, you just knew it was going to happen. Cincinnati, twenty-seven. Goodbye, Josh Allen. Josh Allen recreating Green Bay, getting to the divisionals and choking. Only ten points scored from them. Not a single pass touchdown from Josh Allen. Yes, he rushed for one. But the only he rushed for the touchdown. But yeah, threw one interception. But I think this this is this doesn't really the, 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 rarely you see Buffalo not have an answer for a team. But this was one of the games where they didn't have an answer. The Bengals were fantastic. Two touchdowns from Joe Burrow, 242 yards. Joe Mixon put up 105 yards as well on the rush. Um, Jamar Chase and Hayden Hurst really leading the way in terms of, of, of receiving yards with, with 61 and 59 each, both getting touchdowns. Um, but yeah, I was expecting a closer game, but I still, I'm still thinking that the right team managed to win this one, Brad. Yeah, I agree. We both predicted them, didn't we? Um, yeah. We knew how strong they were, and I think for me personally, when you when you you obviously like we have to with what we have to look into the games and where it was won and lost, and I honestly believe there was two key parts where the game was won and lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first part was rushing, hundred seventy two rushing yards to sixty three. Yeah, that's massive. And then I think the second part, which obviously we talked we talked about in earlier shows, but we haven't talked about for a while, was the penalties and yards. Yeah. So the Bengals only had like two penalties for nine yards. The Bills eight penalties for sixty yards. It's a killer. It's honestly a killer. There is one other thing I will highlight that we that we normally talk about quite frequently, and you don't expect this from Buffalo. Thirty-three percent third down efficiency. This is a team that will regularly not even punt the ball on fourth. They'll go for it anyway. Yeah. And they're very you very rarely see them give up a turnover of downs. But yeah, really, really shocking. But th- this is a team that came out so strong and towards the last four or five regular season games, they just dropped off. Really just yeah. dropped off. I don't know whether the DeMar Hamlin situation's rocking them too much. But if anything, there's, there's, an, there's an argument that should motivate them as well. But we don't know the situation in the locker room. It's a, it's a different story once you get there, to be honest. Yeah, I think I'll be disappointed though because I, I obviously we were we were talking about who we think's gonna gonna get to the Super Bowl and win it effectively. And obviously, the Bills were in the conversation. I know we we mentioned Bengals, Niners, etc., Eagles. Yeah, but week week one. You look at week one of regular season. Buffalo were favourite, and I mean a clear favourite. Yeah, I think there, I think there was something as easy like as as thingy as two to one to near enough evens. They were very 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 high odds. I think after that, the next team after that was was Kansas City at like seven to one. You know, so the, that's the, crazy. It's huge. It's huge. Where do Buffalo go, though, Brad? Is there anything they relatively need to change, or do you think it's just a case of, you know, keep doing what they're doing and, and hopefully it'll it'll come in? Um, it's a difficult one because they're a really good team. Um, I think they need better coverage to protect the pocket. Yeah. Um, I think they've, they've got some fantastic players in there. But I think the need to even get some sort of young, younger, younger players coming through that can mould um, around around Josh Allen. Um, yeah, sure. But offensively, I think they're fantastic. I think you know 
Dawson Knox, Singletary, Cork. They've got some Stefan Diggs. They've got some amazing offensive players. But I think if you want to be a team who's winning the Super Bowl, get you or getting to the Super Bowl, you need to you need to have good protection in the pocket. And I think throughout the course of the season, I don't think it's always been the standard that it should be. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I mean, they have got some good defensive players as well, though. I mean, they've got Von Miller and stuff. But yeah, I think there's just, I think there just needs needs to be some some extra additions in there, <laughs> just to maybe help with some of them age, with that aging stamina, because they've got some older players in there as well, do Buffalo, just to help yeah. towards that end of the season, that fatigue that might be coming in. They've got some players who can come in and. You know, maybe through the season they're playing like they're playing like the last quarter of a game if they're winning comfortably, just to get the game experience in and get ready, get ready to play. And then towards the end of the season, once you've secured where you need to be, then rest those players because you can see the drop off was was insane. Yeah. And we'll move into the last game, um, and the team I've got tipped to win the whole, the whole of uh, the Super Bowl is the Forty Niners. Um, and honestly, I think, I think if you put a good eight or nine different quarterbacks into that Dallas team, they'd have won that game. Dak Prescott's decision making is an absolute joke. He he costs them so much, so so much. Again, thirty three percent efficiency, third downs, five minutes less possession, two interceptions. Really, really poor, and seven penalties given away as well. It's it's really poor because you look at and then you when we were watching the game, it's so really close, and you know even <clears throat> a field goal could have won it at, at one point. Um, but the two key moments, unfortunately for Dallas fans, were the two interceptions and key moments. Momentum changed, and. The 49ers got the look they needed on the day, but this, one of them was luck, but the, the other one was was great play um, because Prescott looked like... So basically, he, he, ran out of the, he got out of the pocket, had loads of time, and I don't have a clue what he, what he saw because the wide receiver was nowhere near where, where he needed to be. And literally, it just got picked off straight away. But you could see it from miles away that it was going to get picked. And it's just moments like moments like that that you think is he really a top franchise quarterback? For me, for me, that I think I think this now back to back shows that they're not. What is this? Well, is this the twelfth the twelfth consecutive year they've made the playoffs and haven't made the championship game? Yeah, shocking. It is, and I, 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 for me at Dallas, I think Dak Prescott's time's over. We saw this last year; they were so close. They had a chance to go to overtime. They needed a hail mary. Dak Prescott they could have played two or even three hail marys at the end of the game. What does Dak Prescott do? Run the ball. Covered three yards. He covered three. It's a one-score game. There's a chance of going getting to that. In fact, I think they could have won the game with a hail mary. And he tried to run yeah, the ball, and he, he, I think they were in the forty, other like forty-five yards out. Why? Why? Made zero sense. Yeah, exactly. Whether that was down to the fact that he was indecisive about whether he was confident he could throw the ball as far as he needed to, and he was trying to gain the yards and slide. But he, it took he took so long to move out of the line of scrimmage that he just lost all the time. And this year, yeah. I, he's been, yeah, he's been strong. But I mean, Ezekiel Elliott. For one, Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown, all of them have, have been fantastic. But yeah. Again, key times where they really need a decision-making, you know, balls-deep quarterback to take the team forward, and he hasn't done it. And I think, for me, that's what needs to change. Defensively, yeah. they're sound. Offensively, they're sound. I think the quarterback is the decision. Whether you draft one or whether you trade for one, though, no, that's a different story. Yeah, it's a big, big decision to me. Honestly, though, 
I could honestly, I would say, if you'd put Tom Brady in that team, that team probably could have made the Super Bowl. <laughs> You're not wrong, you know. Honestly, I really, I, I would really say it. They like to they like to pass that ball. They like to pass that ball a lot. You put somebody in there with the eyes and the arm of Tom Brady, I think they'd go all the way. As much as it pains you to say. <laughs> credit where credit's due, though. They're a, they're, a passing they're a passing style of team, though, Dallas. They're a traditional style of American football team. and Tom yeah. Brady fits the profile. With regard, he is 45, and I can't stand him, and, and he stinks. He's got horrible teeth. <laughs> but, yeah, for me, 49ers, you know, made the best of poor decision-making. Um, uh, and, mate, Brock Purdy. Let's not forget, he was the last player picked in the draft. Yeah. And look at him now. <laughs> First season, the conference championship game. Potential Super Bowl for Brock Purdy. Really? Absolutely fantastic, it really is. Um, But yeah, that wraps up the, uh, the games there for us on Divisional. Which leaves it now. It's getting to squeaky bum time. Um, and we're getting to the the, the, the nitty gritty. There's, there's four teams left. Conference Championship Week is, um, is Sunday the 29th. There is a game at 8pm, which is covered by Fox. Uh, obviously, if you want to watch UK coverage, uh, Sky have both games on. Um, and then if you want to watch American coverage and you don't know where it's on, CBS are running the coverage for Cincinnati versus Kansas. So, uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco. Let's break it down. Let's, let's slow it down. Let's break it down, right? Now, who would you genuinely want to say here and why? It's at Philly, their first seed. I think they're playing. Yeah. I think they're uh, they're playing the second seed, San Francisco. As far as I'm aware, who do you, who do you take here, though, Brad? Who who are you actually going to take? It, it's really difficult because you get to this point in the season, and you and you you sort of have to break down the full season, don't you? Yeah. Like where where they've done really well. If there's been any key injuries, and and I think I think for me. If Jalen Hurts is is a hundred percent, I think it's really difficult to overlook Philadelphia. Um, but then you've got you know you've got this young QB who was the last draft pick on the other side of the coin or the other side of the coin, and you think, fuck, like <laughs> what's what's going on here? So for me, obviously I know which way you're going to go. Um, I'm just I'm swaying more towards Philadelphia. Shoot. The only reason I'm I'm swaying for them is because they've got quite a few players back, injury free. Main man's back. Um, seems to have been able to recover quite well from that shoulder injury. Yeah. Um, and I think them being at home and the momentum of the full season, I f I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Philadelphia. Yeah, and when you talk about injuries. At the minute, as it stands, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo had the broken foot. And he still hasn't came in yet, so Brock Purdy's running the show. Christian McCaffrey actually suffered a calf contusion against um, against the Cowboys. Uh, it's a day-by-day -day recovery, but he's expected to be in the game to play the Eagles. Running back Elijah Mitchell also pulled his groin. Um, and he's expected to be available Sunday. Uh, and the other one is uh, is Charles Charles Amayu. Um but again he, these are all day to day recovery news. So yeah, it's yeah tough, tough injuries are starting to kick in for teams, you know, and and you know where do they go from for me? I, I don't really like calling these ones. Let's call it yeah, absolutely. Um, I think experience-wise, for the players they've got, 49ers would edge it on experience, having 
you know, made it to the Super Bowl just three years three years ago they were in the Super Bowl. Um But the Eagles, man, the Eagles are strong and, and it's clear they clearly showed that they're not on the beach with a thirty eight seven demolition. Had that game had been closer, it probably would have been harder for me to break down. Uh, but I'm still gonna take my Niners, man. I think if they've got all their offensive weapons going, I think they'll find a way through. Purely down to the fact of how many options they've got. I mean, Elijah Mitchell, if he plays, McCaffrey, all those guys can play wide receiver, running back. They can swap and change. You know, they can they can drop some very funky players with a fresh quarterback in there. I think it'll be down to... I think this could potentially be overtime or one score. I really do. I don't think the Eagles are gonna. I don't think the Eagles are gonna have it as easy. I really don't. I know they've had a relatively easy season. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the when they played the big teams, um, you know, the 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 it's really been close. When they've actually had a full test. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're looking at when they played the Cowboys, it was one score. When they played Green Bay, it was one score. You know, when they played the Cowboys the second time round, it was nine points. So when they play the big teams, you know, it, it really does, you know, put the tension on. The way it should be as well, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The, to, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. That's the way it works. You know, that's NFL. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm still taking the Niners on this one. I am. But I, I don't think it's going to be easy. I really don't. Uh, and I think I think third down efficiency, penalties, you know, key decision making for quarterbacks, you know, that's that's where it's really gonna flag up, especially in a game like this. And playing, especially when first seed is playing second seed, you you can't afford it, especially in this. Now you're one game off a Super Bowl, you know. And I think this, is, yeah, exactly. So. But we will see. So we've got a, we've got a, we've got another conflicted prediction: Eagles and the Niners. I've got the Niners to win the whole thing. I think. I I think whoever wins that game wins the Super Bowl. Oh. I think it will be. An, I think it will be them. I, I I hope I'm wrong, and I hope it's not so easy just to just to write off the other two teams that we're about to mention. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think if Philadelphia play probably the hardest team and the most informed team in the league to make the Super Bowl, they won't feel like anybody can beat. They will feel like they can beat every team. Yeah, um, and that's that's. I think they'll have the motivation to smash whoever they play. And then I think if the Forty Nine is going to the Super Bowl, winning twelve games on the spin. You know, it'd be the same mentality. I don't think they'll feel like they can lose. Yeah, I agree. So, for me, I think the winner will be an NFC. Which, if Green be out there, I hope it is an NFC. I don't want it to go to the AFC. Yeah. But we'll flip it. We'll go to the AFC side. Cincinnati Bengals will play the Kansas City Chiefs at the Arrowhead Stadium. This is your 11.30pm kickoff. Now, I think... I know how hard it was to deliberate choosing a team between the 49ers and the Eagles. <laughs> Break it down. Who do you pick here? Jeez. This is... This is the hardest one for me, you know? Yeah, like, I agree. Since yeah. You know, since we did, like, the, the playoffs in general? Yeah. Where you think, oh, it could go one way or the other. This game is literally right... Like so difficult to break, like because you 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 could break this down, couldn't you? You could break it down to say, okay, <laughs> so Cincinnati against Buffalo, yeah. So we've mentioned that. So it could be Mixon will have an unbelievable game, Chase will have an unbelievable game, Higgins will have an unbelievable game yep. on one flip of the coin. But then you could say, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey, Valdez, Scantling, all the rest of them, like. Are gonna have a good game. It's so like I don't know. Like 
it depends on so many things, but I think both teams are just gonna gonna go go crazy for it. But I truly think when you look at it and you strip it down, is Mahomes a hundred percent fit? He's he said men- mentally he's gonna play. However, yeah. it has been decided that it's gonna be you know a decision day by day. Uh, as it's been identified, he's got a high ankle sprain. Oh, well, that's not ideal, is it? Yeah, it's high ankle, though, so it's, it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, obviously, it, there's no damage there, no ligament damage or anything like that. Um, I, I, will, I will also mention that this, this is a repeat of last year's AFC Championship game. And the teams are pretty much the same. I'm going to go Bengals. I'm also going to go Bengals. Purely down to this uncertainty over Mahomes. I think if they don't have him firing from the start, they lose a lot of their early point scoring firepower. Yeah, I agree. And can I also point out that last time when they played in the um, AFC Championship last year with a fully firing, fully fit team, uh, they lost by three points to Cincinnati. Yeah. Can I also make another thing? Actually, last year's playoff picks, uh, last year's Super Bowl, both teams that made the Super Bowl were fourth round, were fourth seeds. That is interesting. Cincinnati and the Rams were both fourth seeds last year. We could see, we wow. could see both first seeds in this: Kansas against Philly. Imagine both making in both first seeds of each championship. The way some people would argue that it should go. Um, but for me, give me a Cincinnati 49 Super Bowl. Just give me it, please. As a Green Bay fan, yeah. I should. As a Green Bay fan, I should not be saying the 49ers. But I've got such a soft spot for them, purely down to how much I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I have to say, it, I don't care. Um, yeah. But if you were to pick <coughs> it, do you still think the Bengals are the team who win the Super Bowl as per your prediction, my friend? Or not? Yes. You still think the Bengals I'd, go all the way? Yeah, man. I think, like, depending on... No, not even depending on who gets through. As long as the Bengals can overcome that Kansas City problem... I honestly can see them going one better. I, I honestly can. I think Joe Burrow it's his time, man. The stars are going to align, and I think I think you're looking at looking at his life changing forever, man. Honestly, and and the team as well, the whole organization. I think you know it's it's a massive test on Sunday. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's not. Oh, but absolutely not. The stars are going to align, man. Honestly, I, I truly believe I can see him lifting lifting that trophy in three weeks' time, man. Could you imagine? the first ever rookie to win the Super Bowl as a seventh round final pick though Brock Purdy one in four chance absolutely can you can you see can you see that coming to fruition then yeah I do man I do what do they have to do what do, what do they have to do in the next two games, obviously, apart from win, like what, what, what's the main, the main thing he has to overcome to be able to get to that point? Himself. Yeah. He needs to relax. He starts getting it. He starts getting worked up now. Being a rookie in such a position, he, it'll kill him. And he's just got to keep relaxing, going out there and doing his job. That's all he has to do. Go out there and play. Go out there and play. Doesn't matter where you play. You can pretend the stadium. Just pretend the stadium's empty and just play. Once you start overthinking, he's just start questioning what plays he does. He'll start questioning his calls. Um. However, it 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 does mean it does mean I've just looked there. Shanahan's basically gave an update. Um. The earliest Garoppolo could probably play would be the Super Bowl. Interesting. So they don't have Jimmy G at all. Question is, wow. if if 
the Niners get to the Super Bowl. And Jimmy Garoppolo is brought off the inactive roster. He's cleared to play. He's fully fit. Who'd you start a quarterback for the Super Bowl? Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo? The man who's carried your season or the man who's carried your playoffs? Um, oh, it's difficult. That's it's all. It's like it's like the um, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. They had Carson Wentz all season, didn't they? And then he got injured. Yep. Um, and then there was there was questions around that as well, wasn't there? Um, I, I, it's a it's honestly it's such a similar situation, you know, because it was him and Falls, wasn't it? Yeah. So him and Falls, right? I think you start start the young lad, man. Honestly, I do. But I think if he's struggling and, and the occasions getting to him, you bring you got you got to bring him in anyway because he's he's. The franchise quarterback, isn't he? But I think do it in a smart way and not not to knock the confidence of the young lad. But I'd, honestly, if if you can carry your team through the playoffs, you can carry your team through the Super Bowl. In my opinion, um, I w- I think I stick with the same opinion as when you asked me last week. Would you start him or would you play him? Uh-huh. And because obviously you said there's you know was it someone from your work or something? It was a Niners fan yeah, or something like that. You said. Yeah, so I obviously I I don't agree with that, but I think bring him in in some aspect. I think that'd be the smart move. What what do you reckon? Yeah, for sure. I mean, give Brock Purdy the chance if he earns the if he earns that team a Super Bowl appearance, he deserves the right to start the game. However, if if decisions are struggling and if the players aren't working, then bring in somebody else. Bring in a more experienced head. You've got it's basically you've got a you've got a backup weapon and a very strong plan B. Well, for me, Brock Purdy would be the guy who gets to play there. For me. As much as I like Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. you've got a rookie in now at the minute who is hitting stride and he is in a purple pack. Don't bring him off. It's the same as when we argued about Taylor Heineke being brought off for Carson Wentz. Again, we mentioned Carson Wentz. Taylor Heineke should have kept playing. They shouldn't have started chopping and changing. It cost them games. You know, if you've got yeah. if you've got somebody out there in a stride, just leave it, just leave it at that. You know, there's no need to worry. But Brad has gone for who have you got in there for the for the player? You've got Philly versus Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I've got Cincinnati versus San Francisco. So, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. Next week, we've got... Uh, we'll, we'll be on for at least an hour. Um, and next week, what we're going to do is, for next week's episode, is we'll probably break it down. Um, I don't know if we're going to look at the Pro Bowl. We'll have a look. We'll, we'll probably have a little look at it and you know preview it and just, just go in and probably look at maybe how players have played through the season and why they've been selected, that kind of thing. Um, but what we'll probably do is we, we'll probably spend at least a good half hour, 45 minutes on each team that make it after this weekend. The last two teams standard will be 45 minutes each. What we could also do, though, Brad, is it's an idea. Obviously, we'll see how you want to do it. We'll see how the audience fancy about it. Um, we could just do two separate episodes. We could just do an hour yeah. each and then release one during on Pro Bowl week and then right before the Super Bowl, drop it. Drop, drop a drop a quick one to go into it like a, a preview um, yeah. but yeah guys keep an eye out on our socials because we, we, we've got that and don't think after the Super Bowl we're going to be going away because we're going we're gonna to be doing we're going to be doing other things we'll be looking at old Super Bowls we'll be looking at old players we'll go down history we'll look at the future we'll look at players coming through we might even dip into college football we'll have a look at that we'll try and keep things going um, as I say, we're going to put in like a, a 25 to 30 week gap of no NFL. So, um, But yeah, but before we wrap up, Brad, is there anything else you want to ask or mention? Yeah, so <clears throat> when you look at when you look at this season as a whole, Ryan, and I know it's not finished yet. I don't, I don't really want to talk to about this season. <laughs> apart, apart from our, our horrific NFC North teams. Yep. <laughs> um, has... So, say teams who didn't make the playoffs, 
have any teams impressed you who fought who you thought were just gonna get battered each week or weren't gonna turn up? Has there been a team who didn't make it to the postseason who you're impressed by, or was was it as much as you expected? Washington. Yeah. I thought Washington were fantastic. I mean, yeah, Carson went starting off the season. I wouldn't have said relatively bad. I just think the team around him was poor. Um, but then Taylor Heineke was was absolutely fantastic for them. And he really brought them some, some stability. And the team started to work really, really well. Um, other teams that uh, impressed me this season. Um, Detroit. As painful oh, as it yeah. takes me to say it. It's really good to see Jared Goff starting to get things working over there. I still think he's too good quality-wise to be playing for Detroit. Um, but yeah, those are the main two for me. What about yourself? Um, I really, I really like Detroit as well. With that pain me to say, um, I thought the run that they went on was absolutely unbelievable. To be honest, like it was. It was fantastic and, you know, fair play to the coaching team and and the players that they really got it going and, and it was it was really good to see to be fair. Um really, really good to see. And then there's I thought Carolina did okay. I I thought they were gonna get bad every week and obviously we had a little bit of a soft spot for them, didn't we? Um and I thought I thought they did 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 really well. Um and then you've got. I thought they had a tough season, but I thought New England were okay. There was there was a point in the season, wasn't there, where we thought they were going to get absolutely bad game in game out, yeah. and then they went on this run, didn't they? And they looked okay. Um, which, when you look at it, they had a worse record than Washington, Detroit, Pittsburgh. Which, when you look at it, you think bloody hell over what the last ten years. New England Patriots have never had a record of eight and nine, have they? No. Ever? No, not for a long, which, long time. Which is, which is crazy. So I think there's there's definitely room for improvement. But obviously, you know, I, I think there's certain teams who will improve. So when we were saying earlier in in the show about the Giants, there's so many teams who you look at and and I think you know what they need to grind in in like preseason, man. Like from now, because yeah. I because I look at it and I think, yeah, they've done all right this year, but I think next season they need to they need to level up. Tell you one thing, I am going to highlight, especially from Green Bay perspective, is their home record was five and four. Well, yeah, one of their home games was a loss at London, so technically it's five and three, but to lose three games at Lambeau in a season is bad. Um, Unheard of. The one thing I will ask though is going into it, we asked the teams that impressed. Which team disappointed you this season, or teams? And I mean, we could uh, argue that it's quite a few. Yeah, so I'll I'll give you two teams. Yep. So the first one is Chicago. Um, nah, I, I didn't. Positive I did, record. That. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think that we'd be going for the playoffs or anything like that. But when I, when you looked at the record overall and the games that they threw away, and I'm saying thrown away because they threw so many games away when there was a one-score game and they just didn't have the bottle for whatever reason. Um, to finish the season three and fourteen is disgraceful. Like, apps. It's absolutely crazy so chicago's the the main one but for me I, los angeles mate los yeah. angeles rams absolutely like yeah. they were <laughs> how do you, <laughs> I, just, I, I can't comprehend in my mind how you go from winning the biggest prize in american football to winning five games can i can i point out one more thing as well about chicago yeah go on uh, their points difference was minus one three seven. Yeah, Houston's was better than that. <laughs> it's it crazy. It, yeah. I sound like I got a stutter. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, don't know what yeah. to say. Be- 
but yeah, it's frustrating, and I think in, in terms of a divisional record, in terms of divisional record from NFC, the Bears went zero and six in their division. The Texans actually won three games. They actually had a positive divisional record. Jesus. Yeah, three wins, two draws, and a, uh, three wins, two losses, and a draw. Green Bay's divisional record was three and three, and actually, out of the NFC North, the best team that had a divisional record was the Detroit Lions at five and one. They only lost one game against uh, a divisional team. It's insane. That is a crazy record to only lose one. They had a better divisional record than the Seahawks. Um, who else did they have better divisional records than? Uh, the Jags, the Bengals, Buffalo. You know, they had better records than them in divisions. That's insane. It's been a crazy, crazy season. Um, another episode that'll probably come in. We'll probably, we'll probably will do a breakdown of these stats. So we'll look at all the leading. All our all our season leaders rushing, passing, you know that kind of thing. We'll break down how each individual player at the top of the leaderboards have probably played. Um, but yeah, keep your eye out for for a plan obviously on Twitter, um, where we'll probably drop a little plan once we have a uh, once we have a chat over the remainder of the week. We'll give you a little plan on how we're going to plan on lining up the ne the next episode or two, just so that you guys know what's going to happen. Um, but anything else, Brad? It's wrapped in Ryan. It's going to be a wild Sunday night, man. It's going to be a busy one. It's going to be crazy. Uh, but obviously, everyone tune in 8pm and 11.30pm. Uh, the 49ers play the Eagles f first, don't they? And then Cincinnati play afterwards against yeah. the Chiefs. NFC then, NFC. Yep. So, from me and Brad, we hope you have a fantastic conference weekend. Uh, and then we can all decompress and have a week off and relax whilst the Pro Bowl plays. And then we're diving straight in for the big finale um, in Atlanta. Is it Atlanta or is it Arizona? I can't. I always get the two mixed up. It is Arizona, I believe. Right, okay. And then we all dive into that for um, the Super Bowl. So for myself and Brad, take care, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you all next week. Ta-ta.